Well, welcome Saturday Nighters. I'm so glad you're here um, this evening. If I haven't met you before, my name is Tina and I serve as one of the pastors here and I'm just so grateful to be with you. Um, if you haven't been here in a while or, or maybe you're new tonight, you may not know that we've been in a, a series, a sermon series uh, on prayer. This is our fourth week in that series. Um, and so while if you have um, missed those, I want you to know you can always go and find those on our website. We archive all of our sermons, which is really nice. Anytime I miss, if I can't watch it online live, which you can do as well, I like to go back and watch and see what I missed. And, um, but just to go through that, let's review quickly sort of where we've been in this sermon series. In week one, we talked about how to pray. Uh, using that prayer that we just spoke, the Lord's Prayer, as our template. In week two, we talked about prayer as a relationship. We really just decided and came to know and understand that prayer is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Outside of that, prayer doesn't exist. And then last week, we talked about how do I pray about fill in the blank, right? Whatever is that pressing need that you have, how do I pray about that? And what we came to understand last week was that we can ask for whatever it is that we need or want anytime in front of God and we can ask for it boldly. We can do that and we can expect God to answer our prayers, which is a pretty cool thing to know because often we think there's things that we can't ask God for, right? But this is not true. You can ask God for anything. He's not gonna say to you, oh, Nope, can't ask for that. You're out of here. He wants to hear, God wants to hear all your prayers, all your concerns. Today, even I was speaking with somebody who is really angry at God. She's going through a lot. Her family is going through a lot. And she's just mad. And she said, I'm so angry at God right now. And I said, you know what? That's okay. Tell God. Pray to God. Say, I'm, I'm just really angry. It's okay. God can take it. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit more about prayer, which is so basic to our life, right? Prayer as a Christian seems like just sort of the most basic thing we do. It's so simple in some ways and yet also so sort of evasive in other ways, right? It's sometimes hard for us to wrap our brain around. Now, uh, I think in this modern age or postmodern age, we've sort of complicated that a little bit because uh, when... Uh, before enlightenment, we had this grasp of mystery. We accepted mystery. We accepted the unknown, the mystical, in a lot easier way than we do today. Today, with our sort of scientific brains, we want answers. We want clear answers. We want scientific proof. So it makes it a little hard for us to accept the mystery that is going on in this prayer thing. Prayer, I mean, how does it work really, right? It's sort of confusing to us. And so because we don't know, because we can't define it really clearly or nail it down, it leaves us a little frustrated from time to time. Today I'm going to ask you sort of to put aside that scientific brain, sort of set that aside and go with me to embrace the mystery a little bit because that's what I've learned in my own prayer life. This comes out of my own experience. I'm not telling you something that I've just learned in the Bible or that I learned in seminary. This is coming out of my own experience along with what I've learned in both of those. As my prayer life has developed, the mystery has increased. Now doesn't that seem a little odd? 
is that the more I pray, the more mystery I've had to embrace. It has increased, not decreased. I've learned to lay it all out to God and expect God to answer. In fact, I end my prayers, I write my prayers in a journal. And when I end them, I say, thank you for hearing and answering my prayers. Because I know God is hearing and answering my prayers. It doesn't mean I always know how those are going to be answered. And in fact, it's helpful if I don't have a certain expectation, right? A certain particular outcome. I can ask for those, and I do. I ask for very specific outcomes. But part of me just knows that God is going to show up. God is going to answer these prayers in ways that I'm not expecting. God always surprises me, always shows up but not always in the way that I think God will. So the more I allow myself to be comfortable with the mystery, the more I'm open to seeing where God is working, right? Because if you're looking for a specific answer, if you're looking for something specific, you're not leaving any room for all the different ways that God could be working around you. God is working around us all the time. I believe that. I often say that God is working all the time around us and it's us who fails to see it. And I believe that firmly. But it's in this daily prayer time that I've come to understand that this, that to be still, to be able to look for these ways that God is working, even when they're mysterious and unknown to us. I've come to understand that I have a deep need for prayer. I became a Christian at the age of 16. I was in high school. But it wasn't until in my 30s that I uh, learned that prayer could really become something more than just saying your daily prayers, asking for this and that, stopping to pray occasionally for people. When it became integral, when I realized my deep need for prayer, was when I heard a speaker tell me to make an appointment with God every day, to put it on my calendar, just like I would any other appointment. So I did, I thought, okay. She was pretty convincing. I thought, I'll try this, so I did. 16 years later, I still have that practice. I make an appointment every day with God to spend time reading scripture and praying. I can tell you for sure that my life is different today because of that practice. I can't really define how for you exactly. I don't know exactly how that works, but I have no doubt in my life that the fruit that has come out of my life, that me standing right here pray, uh, preaching is a result of that 16 years of a prayer practice. 16 years of getting up every day, spending time reading God's word and praying. Now, as far as my daily practices are concerned, the value of that daily reading of scripture is, is a whole nother sermon. So today, let's talk briefly about uh, the practice of dedicated time in prayer. What I've found is that I often don't even know my own requests until I begin to pray them. Has that ever happened to you? I begin to pray and start thinking, my, okay, what is it that I, I wanna pray about to God today? And, the, and begin to flood, right? Sometimes I, I will find myself writing and writing because I write my prayers, writing for a long time and I'm thinking, golly, I didn't plan this much time because the prayers keep coming. 
I also often find that I really don't know what I'm grateful for until I begin to say thanks. When I start a sentence, as I'm writing, thank you, God, things begin to come. I begin to find and see the things that I'm thankful for. I believe that as we come to spend time with God in that presence, like that song just spoke so beautifully of, we come to know not only God, but we come to know ourselves in a much deeper way. We come to know our true selves. We come to understand that we have a deep need for time alone with God. At first, this practice was just something I did. And honestly, occasionally, some days, it's still just something I do because I should. But most days, I get up expectantly, knowing that in that time with God, things are going to happen that wouldn't happen otherwise. And more importantly, I have come to understand my dependence on that time with God. Because here's what's, happen here's what's happening. We all have a need to pray. All of us. It's a deep, mysterious yearning. Some of us don't even know that it's happening. And I bet some of you, for some of you, it's happening and you've yet to recognize it. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. God created us with this yearning for a relationship with him. It's how we're wired. Yet we often mistake this yearning, this deep need for something else. A restlessness, perhaps, or an emptiness. Sometimes it shows up as anxiety, guilt. Sometimes it feels like this hole that we need to fill. And so we try to fill it with all sorts of stuff. Food, alcohol, obsession with our looks, exercising. Well, that's a good one to fill it with, I guess, but not always. Uh, worry. Or here's the big one in our society, busyness. That's right, I called it busyness. In our culture, we think of busyness as a badge of honor. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. We're proud to say we're busy. We love that status. And in fact, I want you to imagine somebody saying to you, if you said, oh, hey, how are you doing? They said, oh, you know, I'm not busy at all, just taking it one day at a time, life is good. You would be a little bit shocked, right? You would not be expecting to hear that from somebody. If you're wondering if this is true, I want you to think with me for just a moment. When you get unexpected downtime, right, all of a sudden you've got this free time. What's the thing that comes to your head? You feel like you should be doing something, right? Yeah, we fill this void with busyness. We actually feel guilty for not being busy. We feel restless and anxious. Even our children, what do they say when they have a moment of downtime? I'm so bored. I want to say, kid, you don't know what bored is. If you're over 20, you know what I mean. We used to make a game out of kicking a can or standing on a mound of dirt. But we have become a society of busy people. We strive, we work, we do, we pursue, we chase, always doing, doing, doing. And when we're not physically doing something, what else are we doing? We're mentally... We've got this thing in our hand, right? We're scrolling, we're looking, we're, oh, we're resting, we're sitting on the couch, but mentally we're exerting all this energy, not doing anything, right? Just, just scrolling, busy seeing what other people are doing. It's not good for us, friends. Our brains are wired for rest and for peace. They need it. 
And we are literally rewiring our brains with all of the busyness, all the clutter that we're constantly putting in them. We have become dependent on constant stimulation. What, what we really need is peace. We're made for this relationship with God. We have a yearning for something or someone greater than ourselves. We must learn to recognize it and we must acknowledge our need for rest and for prayer. It begins with the practice of prayer. Time spent in communion with our creator provides rest for our soul. Rest from fears, rest from what ifs, rest from expectations, from disappointments, from the should haves, the need tos, and the ongoing to-do list. Rest even from pain and difficulty. True rest, rest that heals, rest that restores, rest that replaces restlessness, pain and anxiety with peace. When we pour out our hearts to God, when we make room for God to speak to us, our soul finds rest. We find the kind of rest that Jesus speaks of in the Gospel of Matthew. Come to me, all you who are weary and unburdened, and burdened, sorry, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We desperately need this rest for our souls, an easy yoke and a light burden. I know what some of you are thinking, you're thinking, does she know my life? There's no easy, there's no light burden going on here, right? There's nothing easy about it. Some of you are probably going through something really difficult right now. The odds are that there's a few of you in this room that are really struggling with something, something major. I get it. There are seasons of life that are just plain tough. There are seasons of life that are really hard. But here's what I know. Your soul can find rest even in those seasons. Your soul can find rest even in the midst of difficulty and pain. It's the sort of rest, the sort of peace that comes from Jesus. It's the sort of rest and peace that the Apostle Paul talked about in Philippians. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I've experienced this peace myself, friends, and I know some of you have as well. When my mom died, rather suddenly and unexpectedly, she was, she was sick, but we weren't expecting her to die at that time. I should have been a complete mess. And there were days that I were, but there were also a lot of days where I had complete peace. When I was preparing for my Board of Ordained Ministry interviews earlier this year, I should have been a ball of anxiety, but I wasn't. I had complete peace. And here's the thing that happens when you have a daily practice of time with God. You begin to crave it. 
you begin to know that that is a place of rest for your soul. That is a place where you get your peace. That is the beginning of all of it. It carries on through your day. That's not the only time that you feel that sense of peace. But you begin to know that that's where it starts. That's the root of that peace. And so when you do that, when you have that daily practice already, then when things come along that are difficult and hard and messy and awful, you can know that that's where you return to. I've gotten to a place in my life where when things get hard, I literally just crave that time with God. And that's just a learned habit. That is not something that comes naturally, I don't think. I think it's a learned habit. I've learned not to fill that hole with something else. Oh, occasionally I wanna eat some chocolate pie, you know, to fill that hole when I'm upset about something. But I know deep in my soul that what I really need is the peace that comes from God alone. When the Apostle Paul explained this peace here, he said it transcends our understanding and I find that to be so true. You can't explain it. I often say, and I know I've heard many of you say this, well, we don't know what people do who don't have faith when they go through something hard. We think, gosh, how do they get through it without that faith? Because we know there's this peace that comes. Not only are you surrounded by people who will love you and support you and help you in ways that you never expected, but there's a peace that comes that transcends our understanding. Notice that when he speaks of this peace, he says that it's after we pray. It's sort of a result of prayer. It's a result of us handing over our request to God with thanksgiving. And I think that word thanksgiving is really important because when we give thanks, we're we are already, like I said it how I end my prayers, I say thank you for hearing and answering my prayers. I'm giving thanks already for what I know is going to happen and what I know is already happening. So that changes my perspective. When I have to look for other things to be thankful for, when I say thank you God, and then begin to search my brain for what I'm thankful for, it changes my vision. Pastor David talked about this last week. He said it helps us go from a very narrow focused vision, focused solely on myself, my need, and the urgency of whatever is going on. And it gives us, it takes us to a bigger picture a vision that's bigger than that. It reminds us that as we say around here, God is big enough for our anxiety, our hurt, our pain, our restlessness. And that truth gives us peace. In that space with God, we share our hearts and God speaks to us. We find peace. In the midst of difficult times, this peace, this rest for our soul transcends our understanding. It is part mystery. This is what I mean about embracing the mystery. The deeper I go into prayer, the deeper that mystery becomes. And it's okay. I can accept it. Mike Ramsdale once said, so many people are looking for happiness, but what they really want and need is peace. I find that to be very true. And I would add that people are always looking to fill that hole, that desire, that yearning, they don't know what it is. They're always trying to find something more when what they really need is peace. What they really need is rest for their soul. What they really need is prayer, is time alone with God. Jesus knew the same. Over and over in the gospels, Jesus took time to rest. You see him getting away from crowds, sometimes by himself, sometimes with a small group, sometimes with the disciples, all of them. 
he got away to connect with the Father. And think about this. Jesus was God incarnate. Jesus, if anybody had a straight line to God, it was Jesus. Jesus had a connection unlike any other. And yet, Jesus, even Jesus, needed to pray. That's striking to me. When you think about it, I think, wow. I mean, really, Jesus could just, anywhere he was, say, God, this, and, you know, Father, that, and talk, 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 and listen, listen, listen. But Jesus knew that he needed to get away. He needed that alone time. He needed the quiet. He needed the stillness to be able to speak his heart and to hear from God clearly. It's the same need that we have. If Jesus needed it, we certainly do. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. An early, an early Methodist preacher wrote to John Wesley once saying that he was withering. His soul was withering. You can imagine the life of one of those early preachers. They were itinerant. They were riding around from place to place, ministering to people, preaching, you know, helping people with their needs. I can imagine his soul was withering. Wesley wrote back with instructions that have now become famous. Fix some part of every day for private exercises. What is tedious at first will afterward be pleasant. Whether you like it or not, I love that, read and pray daily. It is for your life. There is no other way, else you will, die a tri you will be a trifler all your days. Well, nobody wants to be a trifler, that's for sure. Uh, please don't misunderstand, Wesley wasn't saying that uh, if you don't spend this time in daily prayer, that you're worth nothing to God. We are all of sacred worth to God. There's no doubt, no matter what you say, what you do, you have sacred value with God. But what Wesley was saying was that if your soul is withering, it's because you need to spend that alone time with God. You simply can't escape, no matter, even if you're a pastor, right? Sometimes pastors are the worst. They're the most guilty of avoiding prayer time. We have to be reminded occasionally to go to that time with God. It is what fuels everything else that we do. Time spent alone in prayer is where transformation occurs, friends. It's a need. We must have it. It's where we die to the old where the new is born again and again and again every day. It's where our souls find rest, restoration, hope, and life. We are in the process of sanctification. That is our goal as a Christian. If you're not a Christian here, you're off the hook. But if you're a Christian, you, you should be growing. You should be evolving, coming closer to God, coming closer to who God created you to be ever growing in your faith and trust in God, deepening our relationship with Jesus, relying more and more on the Holy Spirit. It's either that, or we can go about our days on our own strength, our own power, our own direction, our own capabilities, until we find ourselves, like that man who wrote to Wesley, withering, anxious, restless. The choice is yours, my friends. Again, Jesus said, 
Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Since Jesus is calling us, let's take a minute to practice this right now. David got us started well earlier. He showed us how to take a deep breath. We're gonna do that again. In just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes, to take a really deep breath, to let it out, and then to practice some silence. And the way that we'll do this, um, for some of you, for me, it's hard often to just have nothingness in my brain. So one way to do that is to have a, a word to focus on. You can use the word peace, rest, Jesus, God, whatever. If you need to repeat that over and over to yourself, do that. And then try and just quiet your brain. And if thoughts start wandering in, just say your word again, peace, peace, and see what happens. We're gonna do this for one minute. It's gonna seem like a long minute for a lot of you, I know. Are you ready, are you with me? Okay, everybody take a deep breath. And go. Okay, how was that? Was that hard? Were you afraid you're gonna fall asleep? (laughs) That's what my husband always says, I can't be still, I'll fall asleep. Well, that's okay. That was one minute, if that was hard, I suggest you practice. Try a minute tomorrow and the next day. If it wasn't too bad, you think, ah, I can add a minute, then set a timer for two minutes or three or four or five. Keep trying, keep practicing every day. Spend time alone with God. It doesn't have to be in silence like that. That can just be part of it. But here's what I know. When you come to God, when you put that dedicated time alone with God, with the person, with the creator God, your soul will find rest you will find peace and that can carry on into your daily life. It can be something that you begin to crave. Perhaps you'll quit trying to fill the holes in your life, the restlessness, the anxiety, the unrest with other stuff and you'll begin to fill it with God. Your life will be enriched. Avoid the restless soul, avoid the withered soul by practicing prayer every day. As Wesley put it, it is for your life. There is no other way. Amen. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, you are our creator. You are the lover of our soul. We thank you, God. We thank you for the gift of your presence. We long for more of it. 
Help us recognize that need, Lord, that longing deep inside of us for what it is, a longing for you. Guide us, God. Guide us into moments of silence, into moments, moments of hearing your voice, into moments of pouring out our souls to you, Lord. It is in you that we trust. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.